Hello, this is Alex Hosteller, and you are listening to Launch Your Life, the podcast for innovators, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change seekers, and go-getters looking to make a difference in this world. If you're listening right now, you're already on the right track to making your goals and dreams become a reality. So join us now in the movement to launch your life and show everyone that it can be done. The sky is not the limit. Your belief system is so never let anything hold you back. Today, I am thrilled to have Adam Barrett and Stephen Arnita, the co-founders of Piney Acres House and Music, joining me today. We'll be discussing lessons learned from startups, and now we'll play a clip from a previously recorded live stream. So today we have a lot of really exciting content. We're going to be talking more about kind of startups and lessons that they have learned from their startup process, and then also pivoting, how pivoting is actually a good thing, how it's not really bad. And there's so many lessons you can learn in it. They're very invaluable. And there's so many great things that we have discussed with you guys today, and we're very excited to get started. So my, uh, my first question for you guys is just kind of tell me about Piney Acres. What's the story? How did you get started? Okay, hey everybody, my name is Adam Barrett and I am the president and founder of Piney Acres House of Music. So, I guess at first I'll start by telling you a little bit about myself. I'm a junior at High Point University. I'm studying entrepreneurship and minoring in sales. I, I'm involved in a good amount of organizations and clubs around campus, but uh, let's talk about Piney Acres. So, when I started the company, it was actually December 2015, I believe. Yeah. And um, so, a little over a year ago. It started out as a brick and mortar music venue and I wanted to really uh, get a lot of high school talent, college age talent involved uh, where we bring people in, really let people connect through music in a nice, fun, family friendly environment. Um, and that quickly changed when I realized that brick and mortar businesses require a lot of capital. So uh, <laughs> I will let uh, Steven take it from there. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Steven Arnita. I'm actually a sophomore at High Point University, double majoring entrepreneurship marketing and marketing and sales. And through the entrepreneurship classes that we take, I actually met Adam and he recruited me last September 2016. And that's whenever I got involved. Adam's already made the switch into the online company. And we went through that and developed it through the things we learned in the class and just through stuff we're learning on our own and teaching each other and everything. And it wasn't till about December in, in 2016 when we really decided that we might even need to pivot once again. And that's the current state we are in right now. It's like the whole redevelopment. Yeah, so to bounce off of that, uh, just to kind of give you a background of what Piney Acres is all about, uh, we started out with one mission in mind, and that was to bring people together through music. So. The music venue was going to accomplish that in my, in my mind. And then uh, we transitioned, like Steven said, to an online platform called Piney Acres Online where essentially we match uh, music teachers and music students, we call them coaches and artists, in the same kind of uh, platform but it was online now. And then so that would improve student retention, etc. and then make it safe affordable, and then accessible wherever you are from the safety and convenience of your own home. And it also made it much more personal that way. The coaches can get really involved in mentoring the students rather than just teaching them. So when did you both kind of decide that it was appropriate to pivot? Yeah, so the first time we decided to pivot, when we went from the music venue to the actual online platform, uh, I was actually just kind of laying around my bed one night and was struggling with why are our costs so much greater than our what our projected revenues would be? And this was early on, and I said, there's got to be a way around this, because when you're a young entrepreneur, especially, like young meaning early on in your entrepreneurial path, 
um, you you try to justify every idea you have, like it's the greatest idea in the world, and you really want it to work. So you do everything you can to make it work, and that's awesome. That persistence is key. Um, that's what led to the pivot. Once I realized we can't justify what we're doing because it's not feasible, you know, I made the step, and so we have to redesign something. So I kind of went back to the drawing board and said, well, what can't we get rid of? The mission of Finding Acres, which is to bring people together through music. You know, music's important. It touches hearts. It can change lives. Uh, it has a lot of power. So we wanted to keep our core values, our core mission, and do something that kind of centered around that. And I thought, online. Online has a huge marketplace. It you know could drastically improve your volume, which at the time we had none anyway. So uh, it just seemed like a, and the costs were a lot less to do what we wanted to do. So when I said earlier, at the beginning that online transition is whenever I joined the team, and we were both so excited about the opportunity that online can hold with the mass market and just ease of access. And we were so excited that we jumped right into it. We didn't really, we talked to our family members, we talked to our friends, everyone said it was a great idea, so we just jumped right into it and started producing. And we, for a while, it was going okay. I mean, we were getting some artists and everything, but it was slow, and we weren't really understanding why until about December when we realized we completely forgot to really ask our customers what they want. We just assumed that our product was such a great product that everyone would want it, but we didn't ask and shouldn't have assumed and we realized that, so that's why we're making the current pivot right now. Yeah, and so many people do that nowadays, as you all know, they just kind of assume that everyone's going to want what they have, what they do is they just put themselves out there. Instead, like I kind of talked about a little bit last week, that you actually have to you have to kind of figure out what is the group that you're targeting and then you have to direct your content around what they're looking for. You can't just assume, oh, I have this product, everyone's gonna buy it, everyone's gonna want it because it's gonna lead to many things down the road. And many people, whenever they think of pivoting, they think, oh, you're doing something wrong, oh, it's really bad. There's so many things, there's so many negative connotations to it. But in your guys' case, it's been really good. It's actually really helped you. And so I'm sure you can attest that pivoting, it can be a really, really good thing. Exactly. It it's definitely a challenge, especially going from kind of one business model to the next, to the next, to the next. And we talk, we're talking about two major pivots tonight. The first one where we went from a brick and mortar venue to an online platform. And then the one we're in now, which is we're kind of going back and restructuring, reworking our business model completely um, and testing that feasibility, testing our market, which is something we didn't really focus on before. We went straight to production and trying to bring our idea to the marketplace without ever asking the marketplace first. I mean, people are irrational, so we didn't, we, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to predict consumer behavior, so you have to go out and talk to your customer. Um, there really isn't a shame in the fact that we are stopping production for a little bit. I'm like, we're in the construction phase so that our product is much more attainable. It's much more desired by people because we're literally asking what they want. And what their problems are, what their problems are, what their needs, and then we're fulfilling it rather than just saying, hey, here's a solution. Wait, what's your problem again? <laughs> True. Uh, going off of what Steven said, it, you know, going back to pivoting being a challenge, it's been challenging trying to learn different types of businesses because Finding Acres has kind of transitioned from different types of business models um, throughout the whole process. But, you know, like you said, it's very, very rewarding. And as Alex was saying, it's kind of, you think of pivoting as navigating waters. If you're on a ship and you're trying, well, maybe not now, but like, if you're on a ship and you're trying to navigate the ocean, understanding how everything works, um, how 
water moves, how the tides work, how you know all of that stuff works is going to help you navigate your way to your destination more successfully. It doesn't mean you're not going to change directions a million times, but that might be what it takes to get you to the destination. That way you can avoid things like islands or rocks or icebergs, etc. <laughs> yeah, and that's so true. So there's just so many things that could happen that are really unpredictable. And so pivoting can be really be valuable source to really take a step back, look at what you're doing, where all your operations are, and then kind of analyze what's happening in each of those. Are all these like actually necessary? Am I doing what I should be doing? And there's so many things that you can learn from this whole process. So if you guys could go back and if you could, I guess, change one thing or do something over, kind of what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way? Can we start this one up? Okay. <laughs> like we kind of been touching base on the one thing I would really change that we did that we didn't do the first time was talk to your customers. They're the ones who you're going after and you want to fulfill their needs. So you really got to figure out what those needs are beforehand. It's crucial. I mean, you're gonna be even if it takes it longer to start up production, you'll be so much happier that you actually started with a product that is perfect. Hopefully perfect the first time. It's <laughs> always going to take some reworking, and like I was saying, you're going to make a bunch of little turns, but at least that way you can hopefully avoid the big pivots. Which I said, like you said, they're not bad, but it does take a lot of work to redo it. Fail forward and fail early. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that. Um, we're talking about pivoting and it being a good thing. Pivots later in the game get a little bit more complex. You know, we don't have a huge client base right now, um, so pivoting wasn't necessarily easy, but timing-wise, it was really good because we can actually focus on how do we make this more scalable. If you build something and you have a lot of people start to get involved in it, first of all, it's probably a good thing, but if you didn't pay attention to your customer from the start, eventually you'll hit a plateau, you'll hit a point where you've reached the cap on your, on your market and scaling is going to be very difficult. Um, we realized that not only through our classes, but in reading and just kind of studying, Googling things, watching YouTube, trying to learn as much as we can, soak up information. Um, so never stop learning. Never stop learning. That's very true. Always try to be continually learning because you don't know what you don't know. There's always more stuff out there. And there's so many things. We've got so many aspirations and it's just kind of really hard to balance all the stuff at times. So how do you guys manage your time with all these different activities, all being students and entrepreneurs? Well, here's the master right here. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Uh, so Alex told me that I could, I could be honest. So I'm gonna take him up on that offer. I, uh, I actually commute about an hour and a half a day to school. Um, 45 minutes here, 45 minutes back. Uh, most of the time when I get home, it's my family's been asleep for hours. But um, I also work a part-time job, uh, make a little bit of money to kind of help pay for gas and stuff as well. I'm in. 20 credits technically this semester, but because I'm also in the choir on campus, uh, it, it's like the equivalent of 25 credit hours. Um, so and that's overloading. Yeah, it's, it's a good amount of credits, but I'm making it work. And then also, you know, I'm involved in a lot of church activities as well, some community service projects, uh, stuff like this with Piney Acres, with the whole company, and that takes up a good amount of time. Clubs, Clubs organizations, what else am I forgetting? Anything else? Sleep, sleep, honor society. sleep so. takes up some time, but not much anymore. <laughs> Sleep's not very, very prominent in <laughs> Yeah, Sleep is important, it's healthy, but mm -hmm. just be okay with losing a few or multiple hours for sure. So then how do you kind of keep this, I guess, 
uh, work-life balance with everything that you do throughout the day. Yeah, so scheduling, um, as cliche as it is and as you've heard millions of times, really, you know, the thing that I've learned is I, I hate doing it, but I have to write everything down. Mm -hmm. um, keeping an agenda, and even if there's something throughout the day that I say, hey, this is important, I'll remember that. If I don't write it down, I won't remember it, I won't do it, and that's super important if you're trying to juggle a lot of things at once, whether it's as a college student, and whether you own a company or not, or whether you're involved in an organization or not, just in your everyday life, being able to organize and balance your time, you can actually get, I mean, Alex can attest to this as well, and so can Steven, um, that you know, managing your time wisely, you can get so much more done than you think that you can actually do. People think it's crazy that you like you started a company in college. Are you nuts? Like, what are you doing? And take but you could too. Yeah. Anybody really could. I mean, it's just it's all about time management and having that drive, having that passion, and continuing to learn. Another, another thing on top of also time management and being proactive, also have a good group of people that you can lean on and who can motivate you and who can just help you get to your goals. No, we barely knew each other. We didn't know each other before last semester, mm -hmm. and like starting this company, we've really been helping each other get through the hard times where we're struggling with all our mm -hmm. exams, our homework. And then like the, company. the first month that I met mm -hmm. Steven and I was like, hey, I have this cool thing that I'm working on. Do you want to come, you know, come work with me? And he was like, sure. And I said, all right, well, we're going to start with this. We're not going to do anything company related. I need you to sit down and make me a goal sheet. And he's like, what the heck? What are you talking about? I said, I need you to write down every single goal, every point that you need to hit or want to hit in a day, in a week, and then you go up to like a month. And I had him go up to like a semester and then a whole year. It's a very good thing to do. And so like, you know, if you have a goal, read 30 minutes a day. Well, then you can also have a weekly goal like, hey, read, it would be kind of cheating to do it in time, but you could say like, read a book a month. Well, you know that if you hit your daily goals, you're probably going to meet your, your monthly goals. And you want to kind of, you don't want to dream. You don't want to put too much on there, but you want to do just more than you think you can actually accomplish. And I guarantee that you'll be able to accomplish probably even more than you put on your goal sheet. That's so true, especially no matter what you do, as long as you physically can visualize your goals every single day, you have them written down, you can see what it is you're looking towards. And if your goal is to read a book a month and you're reading 30 minutes a day, then you obviously will accomplish that goal within a month because you're giving yourself realistic timelines. So many people I know, they'll just go out and they'll have all these huge ambitious goals, but they have no idea how it's going to happen or the week before, they just don't do it. It's like, for example, if you're a student and you have a big term paper coming up in a month, and then the day before, or, which I've been there, or the day of, then you're writing it whenever you should be writing it days before, even just putting in 10 minutes a day, you could have had it done weeks ago. So timelines are so important nowadays because they're so crucial, and they can really help whenever you're managing all this stuff as being a student and an entrepreneur. So I guess my final question for you all is to everyone watching, do you suggest student entrepreneurship? Do you think it would be better to start a business when you're out of college? What do you guys kind of think about that? Let me go for that. Go first. If you have something you're passionate about, you have a design and you've really done the research and you've put the time and effort into being able to start up a company, do it while you're in school. I can tell you, just from my experience, everything I'm learning in the classroom is super easy. It's actually a lot easier to get good grades because I'm learning it outside and I'm applying it. 
See, I learn everything through experience. That's how, personally, how I learned that. Be careful, you might have some teachers watching on that. <laughs> I have straight A's right now, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> and it makes student life easier because you're able to take what they're teaching you in your classroom and you're able to apply it. Now, even if, like, we're business majors, but even if we weren't, there's so much stuff I can, I've learned from pioneers, like doing research. That's key in every single class we take in college, and even high school or middle school, whatever. There's not really an age limit to entrepreneurship if you're able to get it done right. And just you'll learn so much more. You'll become so much more productive. And I honestly can say, if you can do it and you've worked it out, do it. I'll completely agree with that. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity or the desire, the dream, passion, if you will, to start something of your own in college, you know, a small business, full-fledged company with huge revenues, whatever it may be, um, or maybe just joining clubs and organizations that promote that kind of stuff. If that's what you want to do, definitely go for it. I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people that shy away from starting things in college. It doesn't mean that, you know, I think people are afraid of two major things when it comes to starting a company or starting a business or being what they think is an entrepreneur in college. Um, it's the fear of failing, first of all, that's a big one that stops people from doing most things. And then there's the fear of success and not being able to handle it. I mean, I felt that personally, like what if this blows up, we don't have we don't have enough hands to cover what would need to be done. We don't have and we don't have to worry about that, but right now but that, those are two fears that I see a lot with, um, with a lot of the college entrepreneurs. One thing I also want to add is don't let anyone put you down because of your age as well. Like I said, I mean, Adam's 21 years old. You were You'll actually 19 when you started as a company. 20? I was 20. I had just turned 20, actually. He just turned 20, and he was already president of a legitimate company. Yeah, and Pete, like Stephen said, people really, there are certain people, probably a good majority of people that won't take you seriously. The longer you go, that fades away, definitely, and age doesn't become a thing anymore. And age, they just associate with knowledge anyway, so because you're young, you don't really know everything, um, which is true, which is why you continuously learn. Mm -hmm. But you can learn a lot from them, and there are a lot of people that will tell you not to do something. Really, they don't have a base a basis for telling you that. Um, I will say personally, from my experience, when I've gone and talked to adults, when I went to the bank, when I went to you know get our as silly as it sounds like our PO box, and I was going and talking to these adults and these other businesses, especially like the banker, they were really impressed that I was so young and doing something, even if I didn't really know everything or know what I was talking about, or I wasn't as well polished as a, a more seasoned entrepreneur, I guess. Um, super helpful and super impressive. And you'll run into those people as well uh, who are just really encouraging, really supportive, and want to help somebody that's young out. You have an advantage. Um, and it looks like a disadvantage because society and the world wants to tell you that, you know, go out, get tons of knowledge, get tons of experience behind you, and then money, all that stuff is important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm looking at that now too. There's a lot you can do with that. It's all resources. It, it depends on what you do with the resources you have. That's very true. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, I'm really glad you both were able to come on the broadcast. 
please be sure to check out their website. It is up and it is running. And um, it is under construction because, of course, pivoting really important. Taking time off to analyze everything. But uh, definitely be sure to check it out. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us some positive feedback so we can continue to rank higher and impact lives more people. And if you're motivated to start pursuing the career of your dreams and would like to speak with me directly for guidance, check out the consulting portion of our website on launchyourlife.today and let us prove to you that anything is possible. We hope to have you back soon, so subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes and never miss out on what's coming next in the near future. See you soon.